Here we go, here we go, it's a They Think Kids Crew, this is how we do it. Welcome to episode 84 of They Think It's All Over, the Football Shirt Show. I'm Adrian Football Shirt Talia, and who's joining us this week? It's Mike at Footy Shirts. And it's Adam at This One Kits. No Scott, no Tom, where do we think they might be? (laughs) (laughs) I Um, have not been a permanent member long enough to answer this question. I'm going to say that maybe Tom is... I, I can't say it. He's he's probably up to no good. That's all I'm going to say. And Scott's out playing with choppers as he always is. We don't think he's perving over the David Beckham Netflix documentary then. He could be. We haven't heard from him much since that dropped, have we? Jackin <laughs> <laughs> has been on on repeat in the Anderson household. Oh. Have either of you watched that, by the way? I haven't yet, actually. Adam? No, I haven't. But I do have to say it's on my list, which is surprising seeing as it's a Man United documentary. But I am genuinely intrigued to watch it. Like genuinely, not just saying that for this. I, I really do want to watch it. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah, I feel like Beckham's one of those players that people kind of underrate a little bit. I think because of the kind of the media circus that went around him a little bit, obviously being married to Posh Spice, people forget just how good a footballer he was. And I'm really looking forward to kind of going back, having a look at it, and then maybe glossing over the fact that Man United had loads and loads of success under him. That. definitely recommend it uh you'll also see probably the greatest outdoor kitchen of all time in the third episode where he uh where he hosts most of his conversation from very very jealous of that this little man cave setup he's got I managed to get through two and a half episodes of it with my wife willingly watching it so she's into it she suggested we watched it and then two and a half episodes in she said oh it doesn't really have much about victoria compared to what i thought it would and i was like what do you mean she's like <laughs> It's the Beckham's documentary. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> After two and a half episodes, the penny dropped. David Beckham. So um, it's nice for us to be able to do something together for once. Yeah, see, my missus, I will watch it with my missus. She likes David Beckham quite a lot. Not as much as Scott does, but um, but quite a lot. But to be honest, the reason we I haven't watched it is... We've been on a bit of a like a, a movie run, to be honest. Give everyone a quick backstory. Halloween in my house starts on the 1st of October. So basically, as soon as the clock strikes midnight, my missus is up in the loft and she's decorating the house. There's, pump, there's pumpkins in my year all year round, 365 days a year. So this year, I thought I'd try and get into it a little bit. And we started watching a few movies. So i got a question for you guys, actually. Do you watch horror movies? What, what's your favourite horror movie or horror movie franchise? Because mine, I'll, I'll give you a bit of time to think about it. What we've done for the last 13 nights or whatever, we've actually watched one of the Halloween franchise movies every night. And I forgot how much I love them. They're amazing. Anybody, everybody has to go and watch them. But I'm going to put you two on the spot now. AD, favourite horror movie or franchise? horror favorite horror movie or franchise well do you know what mike we're doing the same thing we've not spoken about this but we are doing the same thing so every night in october we're watching we're watching a different horror movie so we're not watching the halloween franchise but we've been sort of worked our way through 14 movies already Uh, i've got knock at the cabin tonight but um favorite franchise i'm gonna go recent i quite like the insidious franchise i do like that do you know what i love about the insidious one i love the song they do the tiptoe through the tulip song on that one, don't they? And it yeah. made that song. I never saw it as creepy before, but they did a really, really good job of making that creepy. But, but yeah, they're good. They're good. Everyone should definitely go and watch them as well. Come on, hundred percent. 
They but they should not watch the Manor on Amazon. Do not watch that, and do not watch. I can't remember what it was the night before. Shark stalking or the shark stalker or something like that. Absolutely fucking atrocious. You know, if, just before we go on to Adam, just in case he's going to say this, and don't go and watch paranormal activity movies as well because they're rubbish. All of them are crap. Don't wait. Don't wait. Aiden's shaking his head for people, <laughs> so nobody will know that. But it, they're rubbish. Don't listen to Aiden. Okay, so I'm not a huge horror fan per se, but similar to you, Mike, Halloween is one of the biggest times of the year for us because my wife absolutely loves Halloween. Like as soon as it's the first of October, there are pumpkin decorations and ghost decorations everywhere. She absolutely loves it. But as for films, I've never really been into the kind of the shock horror stuff. A friend of mine made me watch the first Saw once. And to be fair, it was all right. The, like the twists in it, I won't give it away if no one's seen it. I mean, you know, you've had a long time to watch it. <laughs> like, sorry if it's a spoiler, but there were some kind of good twists in it, but it didn't really appeal to me. I like the kind of 80s stuff. One of my favorites is the original Fright Night. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Like, like that is my kind of like, like horror, like kind of really 80s style. So I would say it's probably my favorite, but I'm not a huge horror fan. But what we do is we like spooky stuff more than horror i think and my favorite thing to do we do it every year we watch this anime called well it's a cartoon sorry american cartoon called over the garden wall have either of you heard of that nope well if anyone hasn't but wants to watch a really cool i think it's like an eight-part series it's just amazing um it's got elijah wood in it and it's about these two little kids who end up being in this weird mystical land and they're trying to get home and it's just brilliant so that's my kind of horror I like spooky stuff. That's what Halloween is to me. None of this like paranormal activity or the purge or nonsense like that. Oh, yeah. I, I, st- I like hate stuff like no, I don't, no it, I like... it's just hurting people for the sake of it. I like gentle, spooky. I, there's I, a gentle I... Casper the Friendly Ghost. I don't. I don't that mind that. I, I got to admit, I do prefer the older stuff. Like 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 you say, like the Fright Night. I like the old Romero movies, the zombie stuff, Night of the Living Dead, and the Evil Dead, and all that sort of stuff. I do prefer all of that and the original slasher movies and everything. But there are some good good new, as you say, sort of like the shock horror movies. Some of them are quite good. Yeah, of course. It's, so it's that time of year again. So Napoli have released another Halloween shirt as well what are your views on that this time we've got a, it's a skull sort of inspired pattern throughout it uh, <laughs> adam's just pulled a face <laughs> I, yeah. I quite like it i i actually like it uh, do you know what out of all of the kits that they've had over the last what is it two seasons now is this i second? think it's the third one this is third i think so they had the, uh, the uh, spider web and the witch sort of silhouette background and That's now we've it. got the um skull one yeah and if it's yeah, if it's third, that means they they must be up to about sixty five, sixty six kits now in three years. And out of all of them, I got to admit the Halloween ones are my favourite. I I do quite like them. I I wish I'd have got one for my little boy when they come out because he loves them. But at the same time, the prices are insane, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I agree with you, Mike. I think out of all their shirts, the Halloween ones are the most interesting. The Valentine's Day one and the Christmas ones, yeah. They are the best ones, but it's just they're just novel. They're a bit too novelty for for my liking, I think. And I know that's me saying that. Who collects every rainbow shirt out there? But yeah, it's it's not my kind of thing. Is what it is. Any other shirts been released recently that you guys want to want to chew the cut off? Have there been any? What have we had? 
there was a Galatasaray wasn't there this week. Is that oh, right? Oh, yeah. there was, and that was quite smart actually. I like that one. Yeah, I've seen mixed things about whether that's going to be worn on the pitch or not. Oh no! But, yeah, um, I saw uh, because like I'm I'm quite into Turkish football. I don't know if I've ever mentioned it. I collected certain um, Turkish team shirts myself, and these uh, <laughs> days, um. And I so I follow a few Turkish collector accounts on on Twitter who are very very good. And one of the guys um, tweeted about the shirt because Scott would be most disappointed that the stripes don't continue on the back because there's actually a number block basically. Um, and it was obviously through Google Translate, but his complaint was something about if the players are not going to wear it, why is there a number block on the back, and why do the stripes not go all the way around? And I do, so so I don't know if that was just something lost in the translation through Google. And what he means is, why do it on the stadium versions? Maybe, but then I saw another one say something about it not being worn on the pitch. So I'm a little bit, it's a little bit up in the air for me. I'm, but the shirt itself, I think it's brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant. Lovely looking narrow stripes. I mean, I think Nike have done some really nice stuff for Galatasaray, to be honest with you. And I think this one. It's as good as any that they've done. Hopefully it will be worn on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, it better do it and get in the bin. But um, <laughs> I mean, any shirt with a collar like that uh, gets thumbs up from me. Yeah, I, I agree. I really like collars and shirts. Some people don't like collars. Was it Tony Cruz who came out and said he really hates them? Like on uh, Real Madrid shirts and says he really doesn't like a collar on a shirt, which really? I thought was interesting. But yeah, I, I'm a big fan of a, a nice collar on a shirt myself. Okay, well... Uh... Well, struggling to think of any more new releases, aren't we? So shall we go on to this week's feature? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, so the feature this week, we are talking to Ed Calburn from Acid FC. And if you don't know about Acid FC, they are a design house who have worked with a few football teams uh, over the last few years. Probably most famously, the Red Star FC shirts from a couple of years back. The green and the, it was white, isn't it? With the um, kind of images of Paris kind of sublimated into the design. But they've also worked on the new season Leeds United shirts, all three shirts, and also the home and away shirts of Walthamstow FC. So, yeah, some really interesting designs and a really interesting feature. Well, today we are delighted to welcome Ed Calburn. Ed is the head and creator of Acid FC and also the man behind some of the loudest and most celebrated football shirts over the last few years. So, Ed, welcome to the pod. Thanks a lot. It's good to be here. I'm looking forward to this. I feel like I built you up a little bit there, but for good reason, I think. Um, I, th- I suppose so, yeah. We, I think we're getting known as um, as the creators of, yeah, some of the louder stuff, but there's a lot of, uh, a lot of thought and a lot of Desire to, you know, create product that bring fans a lot of joy. So for our listeners, Ed's the creator and SFC are the design house behind the recent Walthamstow shirts, behind the Leeds United kits this season, and also those incredible Red Star Paris shirts that we saw with Adidas a few years ago. So you can hopefully understand why we're excited to have Ed on and talk in a bit more detail about some of those kits and the design process in general. Tell us, Ed, where did it all start? How did you first get into football shirts and I guess designing first. Yeah, so um I was a little bit late to design. I had a career in, in actually in the city, you know, in my first iteration of of having a career and then you know went into graphic design because it's something that I realized that that's always what I wanted to do. And I suppose the first bit where I got into 
designing sportswear was actually in cycling. So I finished my course and ended up working for a with a guy that I'd met on a bike ride. This is quite random, off on a tangent st- uh, straight away. Oh, um, you weren't one of those in pairs on the road taking up all the road, were you? Oh, absolutely not. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when we started wearing Lycra and all this stuff, I was like, it's, there's just nothing decent on offer. I don't like any of this. And, you know, I wanted something that was a bit more kind of, you know, street art and, you know, music sort of related. And so um, I kind of set up my own brand. And so I did that for 12 years. We did the kit for Tour de Yorkshire, if you ever remember that, with the guys that run the Tour de France. Um, but we also did a lot of custom kit for, you know, anyone that wanted just, you know, their kits made and designed by by us. We also did a lot of licensed things. So we worked with a lot of bands. So I did cycle kits for the Pixies, Motorhead, Wedding Present. Yeah, so... I kind of whilst that was going on, football's my my biggest love, and I always wanted to do something in football, but it's very hard to get into, as I'm sure you know, and you know your listeners will, will know. It's you know, it's the dream of a lot of people out there. So I kind of I couldn't get it out of my head that I wanted to do something in football. So I started an Instagram account and called it Acid FC. The name kind of came from the desire to really push as far as possible what might be possible in football because it's always felt to me like that merchandising and you know to some degree kit design I mean kit design's always you know had a bit of craziness about it you know in places but it was always to try and be pushing as much as possible and just to see what happened it was it was just me getting design off my chest I suppose that's kind of where we end up with Red Star was out of the blue following this you know this little Instagram account um I got a phone call from David Bellion, who, if your listeners know, is ex-Man United and Sunderland and is the creative director of Red Star. Wow. So I, I remember I was kind of, I was in the car and, you know, my phone goes, I was like, who, this isn't a British number, who's who's this? So I pulled the car over, um, safety first, and <laughs> um, and it's David Bellion. And I'm like, okay, um, and we we chatted for about 45 minutes about culture, about politics, all sorts. Kind of got to the end of the conversation and, and just went, um, what what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and he was like, I just, you know, I wanted to, to talk to you and, you know, maybe there's something that we could do together. Wow. I mean, did you think it was a friend winding you up? I mean, it's just surreal to be driving. And- yeah, but yeah, no, totally surreal. Yeah, absolutely. Completely, you know, random. But, you know, I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, over the my career, I kind of some of the stuff that's happened in cycling and, you know, and the way, the way this has gone, I'm kind of I'm not surprised anymore by how these <laughs> things kind of happen. And I'm a big believer in, you know, if you really, really put your mind to, to things, then, you know, it, it can happen. He sort of said, oh, you know, what what would you fancy doing? And, you know, I had to think. And obviously the first thing is like, well, I want to do the kit. You went big. I like that. Yeah. You know, and he was like, oh, well, you know, it might be the right time. And he, I don't really know how it happened in many ways. You'd have to ask him about this. But he, they had a contract with um, with Adidas um, that was just templates um they were pretty lucky because they had vice as a sponsor and i think that just that 
we could probably get on sponsors and how they can, you know, change and ruin or make a kit. And, um, I, you know, always kind of thought that that whatever they did with Vice on the front, it, it is a pretty cool thing to, to yeah. add. But he sort of said, oh, you know, we've got a little small window because I think this was probably in about a February and they had to deliver it, uh, their ideas. So I did ask about uh, two months later, maybe less. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cause we've spoken so, to a few designers about the process and normally that's sort yeah. of like 12 months in advance, you know, that yeah, would have been done the summer before. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of, you know, very quickly was like, this is my dream opportunity. This is, this is, you know, me remembering, you know, when I was a kid watching, you know, football focus and coloring in kit templates that I'd photocopied from shoot and things like this. And I was like, I'm not missing this opportunity. So, you know, sort of basically took myself away for a couple of days from from my day job and, you know, really pushed it and and it came up with that that idea that, you know, no doubt, you know, listeners will know about is, you know, this kind of wallpaper idea. There's, there's nothing like, you know, coming up with a really good idea. And that's what really drives me. I'm, a, a, you know, really big on on the idea side of things. And you come up with an idea and you go, this is, this is gold. I think, I think they're going to really go for it. But then you have to take a moment and go, actually, this is going to be a shitload of work. <laughs> Do I really want to pitch this? Because this is going to, if they love it, then I am, I'm kind of screwed. I've screwed myself in terms of the time I have available. And I was like, I've, just, I've got to do it. So for anyone that hasn't seen it, the concept is to design a basically a kind of uh, a traditional wallpaper pattern with um, scenes of the club's history in it. And I think there's I think there's 11 different scenes made up of players, fans, stadium, kits, logos, all that kind of stuff. And they loved it. And then told me I had two I had two weeks to deliver it. <laughs> so at that stage, were you really really pleased or thinking, oh shit? Oh, but you're both. But, but I think you know all projects and all. I want I want that feeling. You know, there's nothing like it. You know that, that it's like right. I've got I've got to now you know deliver you know what was promised because of course you know the initial you know ideas is just a brief sketch. You know with yeah. <laughs> So how much goes into that initial, would it be, how how would I best describe it? Would it be like an idea board, a mood board, or is it, or do you actually physically like give some concept shirt? You kind of have to do a bit of both. So for this one, you know, I'm obviously a very visual person. And I'm not a, a big believer in, a, in a, a deck to have loads and loads of words in it. I think you need to have that clarity of vision that sort of says, this is what you're going to get. So it's a case of, mood board um and if you can try and get that kind of initial concept on a shirt so that they can get an idea because you you kind of I've, I've learned that you don't want surprises you don't want suddenly to be changing direction and and, and going oh yeah I've, I've gone away and I've, I've kind of thought about it and um here's here's now what I've got in my head and it's completely different from what they'd already seen so this stage is by no means the finisher it's very much a creation of concept of what it could look like what they buy into yeah, so for the red star one, I went off and I found like a, a traditional wallpaper pattern, and I just recolored it basically in green and white, and then the kind of pink and uh, um, sort of maroony colors, and just went, "This is what I've got." But your kit's going to have everything to do with the club's history in it, and here's a quick sketch of like one of one of those. And at this stage in the in the whole process, I didn't know 
what deal they had with Adidas to actually make this happen. You know, I was just being told, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Two weeks later, I think having, you know, taken some time out of my, my day job, delivered the artwork. I think Adidas were quite surprised with what they received. But I think, you know, the, the beauty of this one was, I suppose, my background in making sportswear, you know, a cycle wear, it's the same kind of idea of you need to give the Pantones, you need to have the tech pack, you need to make sure all the artwork's completely finalised and that there's, you know, nothing going to scare them. So effectively, it was ready to go. Um, they just had to put it on the on their templates and, and that was it. So I think it was the Condivo template, wasn't it, that yeah. they used on the shirts? I mean, how much... Of- that do you see or at what point do you realize what the template's being used did you just are you just creating a pattern is it yes but i suppose if we if we then sort of jump ahead to you know what happened with leads um following the red star stuff obviously got to know some of the guys that added us and you know mentioned that i was a leads fan and that you know if ever there was an opportunity you know to do anything you know, let me know. Um, Again, you went big, yeah. I'm a Leeds fan. I want to design Leeds. It was literally, I think, I think the the com- when when I was having conversations, you know, being introduced and talked to the you know sort of the you know some of the global guys at Adidas was, you know, around the time that Leeds had just signed the contract with Adidas. So of course it was it was you know there was no chance that I'd ever get a chance to do anything. But I just thought I've got to mention it, you know, because you never know where careers take you and you know what happens. So yeah, I kind of went big and said you know I've got a few ideas happened to have a few ideas or went off and did a few ideas and sort of you know went this is the sort of thing I I, I would think of and um and then it all went quiet and then about a year later um you know got a shout that said um you know we're, we're coming up to the time of you know kit design um you know we'd like to you know get your thoughts so this was October November 21 this is for the Lee's current kits that were released yeah. with so, July time, weren't they? I think. Yeah. So, so yeah. effectively, you're you're eighteen months ahead of the game. You at that point, Bielsa's still in charge. So that's, that's how far back we're going. How yeah. far back we're going, and this was during the second lockdown as well. But normally, what would what would happen is the club um, would sit down with the manufacturer, and I think this is the same across the, across the board. Is um, would sit down with the manufacturer and the club, if 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 they're inclined this way, would sit down and go. This is what we think. Uh, some of the concepts, some of the ideas, some of the areas around club history or whatever that we'd like to explore with you for this season. I understand that you know some clubs don't really get involved too much in this. They'll just sort of say, "Oh, you know, what have you got?" Um, you know, and go go from there. But Leeds are very, are very kind of on it in terms of you know wanting to try and explore you know certain areas. So I'm sat in my studio and. Adidas are having their conversation, you know, with Leeds being briefed in with the, the concepts and uh, I'm sat there waiting to be brought onto the call. Leeds don't, you know, don't necessarily know, you know, that um, Adidas have kind of got me in there, in there to come on and um, I'm waiting and then I go on the call and I get a message just before from one of the Adidas guys saying that um, the club have just pitched that they'd like us to explore the Peacock as the idea for this season. And um, that's what I'd done. Wow. You'd already got that prepped. You were ready. It was in your... Yeah. Wow. So I went onto a call and basically delivered my my pitch, which was matching the brief that they <laughs> pitched to. 
So I think you call it serendipity or uh, sheer luck, coincidence. I don't know. But um, of course, you know, then it was a case of, right, well, you know, um, we want Ed to be involved, you know, with the design process. So um, I worked for three months with um, with the guys at Adidas to come up with all the kits. Wow. Wow. And that Peacock contact really does carry into a lot of the kits. Yeah. So uh, as far as I know, and you might know more than me, but I don't think any club's ever done a single concept that stretches across all three kits and into, you know, kind of warm up shirts and some of the kind of lifestyle stuff. I, don't, I can't think of anyone any in, in the history of kit design that's, that's done it to this level. I mean, nothing comes to mind. I'm sure somebody will correct us if there is something out there. But yeah, you're right. You know, I'm thinking your the warm up shirts that you created with the leads, right? And it's got the got the pattern through it. It's a tracksuit, everything, and it's um it's wonderful. For for non leads fans, do you want to just take people through that peacock and why why it was used? Because I think it's probably for some people looking in, it seemed a bit abstract, but actually, it's a really yeah, great probably, reason for it. Yeah, yeah. So um. Leeds, uh, Ellen Road, where Leeds play, originally was a sports ground for a brewery, okay, uh, which there was a pub on Ellen Road, I think it was first there in 1826, off the top of my head, called the Peacock Inn. Right. It was then called the Old Peacock, I think it changed its name, because I think up the road, there was another Peacock pub. The New Peacock. Called the New Peacock. <laughs> And I think it changed to the old Peacock in 1846, and it's still there to this day. It's the main pub outside the ground. And the brewery had a sports ground on Ellen Road opposite that was primarily for rugby and cricket, I believe, at that time. Um, And then Leeds City, as it was, um, played there. And then they they, um, unfortunately got kicked out of the league in 1918, and then Leeds United started in 1919. So the pub and the 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 club have basically and and the and Allen Road the stadium have basically been interlinked from the very beginning. So in the nineteen, there's only quite a lot to unpack. But as as fans of Leeds know, but maybe fans of other clubs don't know, Leeds have been one of those clubs that have had a lot of different badges over the course of their history. Yeah. They had the, the coat of arms of the city for up to, I think, 19, I want to say about 1960-ish, which was kind of traditional heraldic coat of arms with two owls on either side. Um, Then um, it became just an owl on its own and Leeds won their first trophy in the League Cup in 68 with a a circle with an owl in it. Then it was like um, LUFC in very kind of traditional 70s kind of script font. Then we had the beautiful Smiley, you know, which, you know, that kind of pop art, you know, which I still maintain is one of the best identities in football. And then after that, they went, they got relegated and they changed things and they went back to a, they had a peacock. So there's this stylized peacock badge from, I think, 76 to, I think it was, it only lived for about five or six years. That that was kind of where, another reason why this would made sense. And it meant that we could kind of, you know, bring that back a little bit. And, you know, I think it's nice to kind of, you know, use that to anchor anchor it. So, as you mentioned, that badge has kind of been put onto the back of the shirts, onto the back collar. Um, but, yeah, that's 
a long-winded way of sort of where the peacock comes from and why it's kind of part of the identity. You know, Leeds, Leeds also hasn't really got a nickname. So lots of Leeds fans, you know, use peacocks kind of in okay. their, in Twitter and stuff. So it's it's kind of there. But it's it's another thing that I always try and do with kit design is um, is tell stories and, and educate. You know, I think that's really important is, you know, I want, you know, fans who are really deep into it will get it. But I, it's nice to kind of feel like, fans that don't go oh I didn't know that and you know explore it and you know sit down with their kids and kind of explain it and you know that that we, we had that with Red Star you know the, the club used that kit uh, with Red Star to actually go out to school children and talk about the history of the club and you know where they're, where they um you know the community aspect of it which which is always always great to hear so the detail you've gone into is exactly the detail we love to hear and the reason behind that so you know, when we sort of sat down and, um, you know, with Adidas and, you know, what, what it is that um, I, I was designing, what what you can't design, you know, the rules around, you know, what's possible and what's not possible. I think that, you know, that's was really an interesting process. So, you know, the, brand, the big brands are always working about 18 months ahead, you know, with their templates. So you saw, uh, you know, really, really obvious example of this was all the stuff that happened in the World Cup. Um, all the kits that came out for them are the kits, the the templates that have then been brought into the league to league football, um, you know, six months later. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm sure you'll see more new tech, you know, coming in for the Euros and then it'll be those templates that are then used in you know, for next season's kits, which are already, you know, there's already some, you know, um, mock-ups, you know, um, flying around online. Um, so, so I was given, you know, these are the templates. This is what you're dealing with. Um, and then it's into kind of production side of how how they like to produce. So each manufacturer tends to produce in a slightly different way. So um, lots of lots of brands will just do dye sublimation, right? For the listeners, yeah. do you want to explain it better than me? Yeah, so for any, anyone that's new to that, so dye sublimation is the process whereby, you know, uh, digital designs um, will be printed onto special thermal paper which then are put into a machine next to the fabric with a with heat applied to it and then ink from the paper seeps into the fabric creating your colored finished um, design it's why when you look at football shirts when you look on the inside lots of football shirts are white and the design is on the outside so then the um then they're cut out either through by laser or you know uh, traditional cutting and sewn together and it's why you get the same pattern on the same shirt no matter what because each one's been made individually for adidas for this project it wasn't it wasn't that it was they want we want to make rolls and rolls of fabric and then produce uh, the product so therefore um they they wanted to we had limitations on the number of colors that we want we're going to use um you know obviously cost factors that's not my my side i've just told what what it is that you know we're dealing with so that straight away took what i presented which was there was a lot more it was a lot more fluid a lot more dynamic i had sort of some i remember some kind of gradients but one day maybe they'll come out some sort of you know I, I kind of focused on the peacock pattern which ended up being the the away shirt so the the navy blue one that was that was the one that we I kind of focused on first, but was told no, we're, we're going to stick to kind of three colours within that. So you know that was how that development worked. 
and the same with the, with the third is like let's keep to a minimum colors so let's let's make the the, the pattern as interesting as possible because we haven't got the colors to do that job so, uh, so that point they're saying to you you know we like the we like the concept we like the the idea and um, we want you to l- deliver some kits but you've got to use this template and you're only allowed to use a maximum of three colors off you go i mean it's yeah, well, and work with that. Then there's another level. So the okay. next level on top of that was, at the time, Premier League have a set of rules mm-hmm. as to what's acceptable. Um, obviously, you've got to think about color clashes and you know all that kind of stuff. That's you know obvious, obvious. Um, and then the other other one on top of that was, um, I did ask we'll, we'll always try try and match the UEFA rules as well, which are more stringent. So. The UEFA rules say that you're not allowed to put any image on a shirt that looks like something. The main example that um, I'm sure you guys know and your listeners know is where the Inter Milan Globe kit from oh, Champions League. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that two years ago? Yeah, um, yeah, I want to say last season. Was it last season? So yeah, the man. That, that, that light blue minty kind of um, you know kit. They couldn't play in UEFA competition with it. They had to, they had a blank uh, a sort of a toned down, wasn't it? Really toned down, so it was all, because it had to be white effectively, didn't it, or something? Yep. Mm, yeah, right. because it because it obviously was a thing. So early ideas were you know effectively are kind of thrown out, and it's a case of do you how... sorry, but do you have like a, do you have a, a list of rules, or do you that you're asked to make sure it meets or do you design it and then hand it in to somebody who checks your homework and says no that's like yeah this is okay this isn't I mean how do, I'm just interested in how things slip through is it a design level you try and work to it or is there somebody no, doing they, the... they, there is it's somebody's job it's somebody's job yeah. at the um obviously at UEFA but then uh, you know at, at Adidas and at the big brands and or any brands you know that would have to they have to put it and they have to register it to to uh, the Premier League and to UEFA and just go. This is what we propose. Are you okay with it? You know that ha- that has to happen. I think you know it's, it's why you can always you find you know um, lower league clubs being more crazy because they don't have yeah. to match these rules. But you know yeah. it it kind of makes me feel you know I, I, I don't know for sure, but Nike would have known about this, right? You know they would they would they would know, but they've gone for it anyway because it's about um you know designing the best thing that they can yeah yeah so um you know good good on for that i think we love a band kit so uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah exactly the home kit was all about it being as classic as possible so you know we wanted i wanted you know that to have as as much white as possible you know, to have the, all the trim. I, I didn't want any trim um, in any color, um, and obviously, you know, the Adidas stripes have to be on there. So, it, you know, it's like, can we have them? You know, in a in a you know, like a bar scarf. Can we, you know, have the the t- uh, two outer blue ones and the the yellow and leaf? Did that come from you? Because that's that is probably the greatest touch. Well, I wouldn't say the greatest touch. That's unfair because the pattern's incredible as well. But you know, from stand out looking afar, the the stripes, the three Adidas stripes, having them in, in the blue, yellow, blue, it just it, it makes the kit. Well, yeah, I think um, I think it was it was a mixture of of us all because I think at one point early on, I think the initial um, drawings that I'd done, I think I had three colours. Um, 
you know, because, because again, like, you know, they're saving that for Roma next week. I think the Roma yeah, third yeah. show comes out at three. Exactly. <laughs> it's funny how these things are, you know, maybe they saw my initial, anyway. Um, <laughs> um, but, but it was, it was, I mean, it's been done before, right? So, you know, it, the Sweden kit from a couple of years ago had, had the same kind of thing. And it's like, you know, this, this is, this is perfect. You know, um, the right shade of yellow, the right shade of blue, you know, that we, that leads as fans, you know, we haven't had that for about, you know, six or seven years, really. So, you know, they kind of, so if you imagine just an all white kit with, with those, that blue on it, that was, that was it. And it's like, right, how do we bring the peacock in now and, and, you know, tell that story? So I designed a peacock pattern that is, is Art Deco. Um, in style to match the year that Leeds was founded, so it was you know uh, very much the kind of the idea that this is you know we, I'm looking at the art of that period. Yeah. Same with if you look on the socks, it's got the word mark Leeds in a the Art Deco font that I designed. That's followed through on the pre um, the warm up kits with where it says Leeds on the back. That's a you know custom made Art Deco font. It, I mean, I didn't have to. You don't have to do these things. It's but, that level of detail that makes it exactly, exactly. If you're going to do it, it would I would have been kicking myself, you know, um, forever. So it's like I've, I've, everything's gone in, um, and then and then it was about can we, how can we put it, put the pattern on on the product? So previous years it's been it has been dye sublimated, and just I think the last season's kit was like a, it said LUFC in the script font, just as a kind of cool gray one in pantones you know really subtle whereas this was mm-hmm. you, I said, you know, let's get it debossed because that's how you it, it, i think it adds to that kind of luxury feel it's got that shine it catches the light it, it's part of that art deco like real kind of luxurious um yeah. look and feel a, a debossed debossed pressed Pressed, that in. pressed into the fabric yeah again just for the listeners just to explain um that concept of how it looks but it's, it's not a color it's the way you press a pattern into the fabric and it creates this this relief or or yeah, yeah so yeah in a big um i think it's if it's probably still steel because it's probably got a little bit of heat in it and it's pushed into the fabric on a, on a roll and and you know you create you know that fabric that's used um and then um i suppose the, the bit we'll, we'll get to sponsors at the at the end yeah god i'm glad you're going there <laughs> yeah, then um then we uh then, then it was into the the, the away kit which it was it is the sort of personification of you know peacock really you know taking the kind of blues and, and greens of a peacock so the the feather pattern that's in that um is the same basic feather pattern as the home kit so if you sort of look at them together it's the same it's the same structure but then, okay. then it's been recreated with dots to give it kind of a bit more of an organic. And um, so it was about organic and being um, dynamic, but also, you know, sort of touching on the that kind of traditional sort of 90s way of doing gradients, which was that kind of dot pattern, you know, that you see like on the bruised banana and, you know, that kind of that kind of thing. Because you ha- you, I wanted to, you know, almost create that kind of gradient feel. But you, obviously I was limited to colours, so... That was, uh, you know, how how we sort of try and do that. Yeah, and it just as an extra sort of level of detail, which is, I mean, fairly ridiculous, um, is each feather. I haven't I haven't counted them completely. I've used a compute my computer to do it, but there's one thousand nine hundred nineteen dots per 
feather. I love this. This is this is which is why, the, I, why do I only just know this now? This is brilliant. Yeah, which is the year that Leeds was founded, obviously. <laughs> that is, I mean, that is incredible. I think, I, I, you know, if I'm honest, it's I like think, these little Easter eggs you've got dotted all across yeah, the different kits, yeah, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. It, 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 what I kind of got, you know, got down the line with it and was like, hold on a minute, is this? This is this is a lot of dots. So it's like you know, let's count them. Let's count them up. You know, using Illustrator, so I work predominantly on on an Illustrator for the work, yeah. and um, and it counted them up, and it was getting close, and I was like, oh, well, there you go. I'm adding some, <laughs> I'm adding some dots. <laughs> so there might be, you know, I wouldn't recommend anyone try and count them, you know, because they're all kind of blended together in certain areas. So, but yeah, yeah, that's that's in there. And then um, the final thing with the awake, it was I wanted the pattern on the socks because um, I just, you know. Socks are such an overlooked part of kit culture. And, you know, no nobody really wears them, do they? You know, but I kind of just thought if we could get on the socks as well, that is just the icing on the cake. And they were like, yeah, let's do it. So... I know, Cecily, but how's the manufacturing process in terms of doing it on the sock? Is that just as easy or is it is there an extra it's cost, worth, uh, do you think? Worth, it's worth if you're in a sports shop and you see them, it's worth picking them up and um, and you know, looking on the inside. So if you've, if you, or if, even at home, if you've got a pair of socks that are, you know, just to start one color um, and then compare it to something with a pattern in it, you get loads and loads of weave on the backside because, uh, you know, you, you often, I'm just looking at my sock now. Yeah. Yeah. So you get this, this kind of, kind of thick, slightly thick area of where the fabrics all, all weaved and in, in the inside. And it's the same with these shots. So they are quite a bit thicker. They almost feel like fleece lined. And um, I was, I, I did, when we did the photo shoot, because I, I was on the photo shoot, I did sort of say to the players, Do you, how are the socks? And they kind of went, oh, we don't really notice. But yeah, oh, yeah, they are really, really comfy. You know. There you go. It, the winter months are coming. We're going to have that. Many exactly. fans are going to be wearing them in the terraces, I reckon. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really, I'm, they're, they're my kind of, one of my proudest bits of this collection, actually, the, the, the away socks. I think they're like superb, so. Yeah, no, they really do. They really do. And on to the third kit. Polarised views on this one. Some people absolutely love it. Others, I think, are just probably just a bit shocked when it first came out. Um, but again, I've got a feeling you're going to tell us, you know, the inspiration behind this. And it's going to uh, open a lot of people's eyes to this kit. You might see it a bit differently after talking to you. I hope so. I hope so. Um Yes, it was a very interesting day on social media when it was launched, I have to say. Um, I'd I'd always knew, having done the Red Star stuff and the reaction to that, um, and as a football fan myself, you know, you're going to get, you're you're playing with people's lives. You know, it's it's a huge responsibility, what, what I think kit designers do. You know, kits have such a powerful emotion response about them because you know you remember your first kit right yeah what was your your first my first ever kit was swindon town's away shirt when it got to premier league in 93 so the it was like sort of brazil kit it was yellow uh with a green trim and then blue shorts so you know you remember that feeling and you remember like playing in the garden and feeling like a you know million pounds and you know having the commentary running through your head and i i that never leaves you when when it comes yeah. to kids. And I think it's why so many people, you know, have, you know, such an, a, an emotional response to this stuff. And I know that, I feel that responsibility. And, you know, I can't, I can't lie that, you know, when 
the third was coming out, I was incredibly nervous because, you know, it, it, it does require a level of storytelling and explanation, you know, and, you know, if you just see it without that level of explanation, you know, I understand that there's, you know, it could be quite a response. And especially as, you know, I'd done an interview with The Athletic that um, a couple of weeks before. And so my name was out there like this. This was this was this was me. And yeah. And the club, you know, um, across everything, it said, you know, Asset FC have worked on worked on the kits with us. So I was actually away. I was on holiday with my family, and I'm sort of, you know, looking at responses. And my wife's going, you know, don't don't look, don't look. And a couple of friends are sort of messaging me, and I think my favourite response was uh, Ed Cowburn wants sacking. Um, well, I can't sack myself because <laughs> studio, but um, that. You know, the, it just goes to show you know the kind of level of of, of response that that's out there. Um, anyway, um, just I suppose just spare a thought for designers out there, people. You know, because we put, do put our heart and soul into this. So you had it. Be kind to designers. Yeah. No, but you know, it's also subjective. It's no. completely subjective. I totally understand. Like you know, and it's that's okay. You know, I, I, I I'm just happy to have a conversation and you know for people to tell me why they don't like stuff so that you know i can hopefully you know make it better in future and i rather suspect that sort of substance in terms of people who had negative opinion was probably missing from their opinion i don't think you'd have got a subject you you know based on based on how social media works you know absolutely absolutely you know i think you know the other the other thing to kind of mention with football kit design is it, it is unlike anything in fashion because you're designing products that basically have to appeal to a four-year-old that's just getting into football through to um, a grandparent or a great-grandparent. So you can't please everybody. You're spot on. We'll come back to the third kit, but just yeah. just a bit on that. Do clubs ever sort of say, you know, we want this kit to aim for this audience? We want this kit to aim at this certain audience? So, you know, there's actually a blend of which whether home or way of third would appeal to different age groups or do they do they not really sort of go into it? Do they? Yes. Yeah. Certainly. Well, certainly my experience is, is, um, you know, with this project is yes, absolutely. You know, we, it was very much like we want the most traditional classiest kit possible for home. Um, we want to kind of tell the Peacock story a little bit more with the away, but have it as for, for as many people as possible. And then for the third, we want to be as creative as possible and get people talking and, be a bit more fashion driven and stuck. Yeah. Start conversation. So. Take the brakes uh, off and go for it. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think that's a really important thing, you know, for anyone that kind of, you know, works in a club that might be listening is it makes it, I think it makes everyone's job a little bit easier if you've kind of set that um, out at the beginning, because you know, designing to that kind of brief, having somebody in mind, you know, creating, you know, even, you know, getting to the point where you're almost creating these personas of people that, you know, might be, it might be for them. It really helps you to to kind of you know get the best result, you know, because that that is absolutely part of the process. Yeah, and and you know that's what the third was, and you know it, it was a case of right, what what with a completely blank canvas and this peacock idea, what where do we go? So, you know, pe- peacocks, you know, this this was kind of in the brief was you know they're aggressive. You know, they're you can they're bold and loud. You can hear them from you know miles away. I think they're the, one of the loudest creatures in the animal kingdom. Um, interesting, 125 decibels. I, I seem to remember. 
See, there we go. You know, we bring um, all the facts to this point, yeah, don't we? Um, they're fearless. They defend their territory. And, you know, it's an authentic, it was an authentic lead story. So it's like, if you pull all that together, you know, you kind of have want, some, want something that's colourful and distinctive. And I really like this idea that it was, you know, it's unlike anything else. It can only be, it's, well, I wanted to design a kit that was, it could only be from a distance. Like, you know, you could be 200 metres away and it's like, that it can only be that kit. Which, when you think about it, most clubs out there, you know, if you see a blue and black striped kit, it's like, it could be at Atalanta, it could be into, you know, it's like the Claret and Blue, could be West Ham, could be Scunthorpe United, could be Villa, Burnley, you know. So it's like, right, that's my, that's my inside me. It was like, that's the challenge. Can yeah. we, can I do something that, you know, is, is visibly from a distance is, is noticeable? And, and therefore, like, uh, you know, it made me think, well, on the pitch, therefore, that should make it, it, you know, so that the players can really pick each other out. And then it was like, so you'd almost take, taken this macro view and pull, you know, going right in and then going right, okay, and let's let's try and put as much into this as possible so that, you know, there's those, those Easter eggs are sort of there for people to find. I'm holding it up now, but, you know, it's got kind of peacock feathers kind of running through. In various different points those peacock feathers that are used in um the training kit and some uh, and a, the, the track jacket that i did so it's the same artwork so the dot the dots of the away kit there's one of the patterns uh, peacock dots is in this yeah. um there is the peacock um logo is all kind of broken up it's all cut apart there's an old Legion United font that was used in the program in the 1970s. <laughs> Which was the period, yeah, sort of similar period to when the Peacock yeah, badge was used, yeah. yeah. There is kind of, you know, sort of a, 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 a version of sort of feather pattern. There is a Peacock claw in there, I seem to remember. And then there's these sort of half-tone dots that I put across the whole lot, which was a bit of a reference to the kit from when we got promoted a couple of years ago, which was the black and pink kit. So then that was another reason why I wanted to be, I was like, we did pink two years ago yeah. and got promoted. And so, so the fans have got wasn't this. Wasn't that the biggest selling least kit of all time, wasn't it? Or something? Uh, biggest no, selling third kit. Third kit of all time. Right. Yeah. But you know, I'm all, you know, that's, that's part of this is all kits have their place. If you succeed on the pitch, then you've taken it from a decent design or even, you know, a poor design. But if you perform on a pitch, it's a kind of cult status kit forever. Yeah. And I suppose that's the bit where, where with this is like, you know, that's what I, I kind of need the players now to do that. You need the players to do the memories. Yeah, you need the players where to do the memories. Wearing this kit and then, you know, the, the fans that are on the fence or the fans that, you know, feel it's a Marmite kit and they really don't like it, you know, they'll have a soft spot for it, you know, and it, and it will, yeah, elevate it, so... I mean, the level of design, I'm, I'm not surprised given uh, given what you did with the, the, the first and the away kit, but the level of design and details that you've got into that pattern and, and explaining it there really does, it just elevates it, just knowing that, you know, and knowing the thought, the, the time that's gone into creating it. And, it, it, you know, the other thing to, to sort of remember for, for fans out there, you know, maybe wanting to look at it is um, every single one of these shirts is unique because... It was created on a 60 centimetre square tile. So it's a repeat pattern that based on 60 centimetres. So, and then it's just roll, rolls and rolls created and then it's cut up randomly just as as whoever's making it in the factory, putting it together. So every one of these shirts is unique. And it's it's the pure, purest form, I hope, and that's the, that's the idea. 
it's the purest form of peacocking there is, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Circling back to you mentioned sponsors earlier, and obviously sponsors can have a huge impact on shirts. You know, even the, even some of the best kits with an awful sponsor plastered across it can, can really sort of change the overall appearance of it. Are you working with a sponsor in mind? I mean, contracts are signed at different periods. So, you got have you got sponsors in mind? Have you got an idea of who the sponsor could be? Do you work with no sponsor? Do you work with current sponsors? Do you, I mean, just come on tell me tell me how this works and yeah can you change I mean, colors do you have conversations about being able to change sponsor colors so with with this one it was we did we didn't know what the sponsor was going to be because you know the they had a i think one year contract and um it, it depended on you know being in the premier league or not being in the premier league as to who would be that sponsor uh, i don't think i'm you know saying anything that i, I shouldn't be on this um so i worked on the basis with literally a what the word sponsor on all the <laughs> um and you know recoloring it to suit the to the way that the kits were but you know to your point knowing that a sponsor could come in here and say no these are all co- our corporate colors so you're going to have to put a great big box behind our logo so that it stands out and um and there's nothing you can do about it. And at that point, you know, from a design purely design perspective, you know, I'm thinking the worst and hoping for yeah. the best. Yeah. So um the sponsorship wasn't wasn't able to be done until the end of last season. So the kits were delivered without sponsors on at all, um, X Factory to be then put on, you know, later. So the club then have that responsibility. They they will go off and do their sponsorship deals, and as part of that deal, um, say we'd like to change your colours to match our kit. This is what it will look like. Are you okay with that? And thankfully, all all the sponsors you know that came in agreed to that. Um, and I think you know I'm I'm really pleased yeah on a, on that personal level that you know we've got a sponsor on the kit like boxed four letter word it's in the, it's in a nice clean kind of you know simple um font sans serif font i couldn't have asked for more really you know so it means that it means that the pattern comes through and the storytelling can be done and you know the kit still looks smart we yeah. we always applaud sponsors that, that are sympathetic to the kits and will allow their colors to be changed and like i said you've got that across all three kits all three kits different colors as well um to match yeah. the shirts really, the other part of that is with the Premier League numbers, um, the Premier League numbers are only done, I think, in three colours now. So for the name and numbers on the back of the shirts, it's either black, white or navy. I think that's I, mean, that... I can't remember. I know Denison just released some new well. stuff. Haven't they? Yeah, there's a red one now. I think Denison yeah, just yeah. Um, for this year just, just changed. So the if you kind of, if you, you know, alternative universe and think that actually, we did, you know, Leeds did stay up, the kits this year, you know, wouldn't have the the numbers that match the colours because the EFL allow you to have whatever colour you want on the names and numbers. So there is some small upside here as from a creative perspective. Uh, well, um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Always looking on the bright side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It means that it means that the, you know, the blue waker, is, which is my favourite is, you know, that's got mint, you know, name and numbers on the back. It's yeah. Right. So matches the, the logos and stuff. So yeah. You know, and it's hey, things like that you say, yeah, on the pitch, and um, people completely change their mind when they see 
shirts on the pitch. They you know, change their mind, as you say, when teams teams are winning or losing. And but this is this the, all three of these kits are certainly shirts that look brilliant, brilliant on the pitch. Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. I think uh, you know one one final thing on the sponsors, and I think you know this is kind of a message to sponsors out there is, I think you know to be open minded. I, I think you know sponsors are trying to obviously you know market their uh, their company, and you know get Swindon fans, Leeds fans, kind of on side. To my mind, that, that's that's what they're doing, right? That can't be anything else. It's we'd like our products to be bought by you know a. a you know the fan. It's certainly at you know level below Premier League anyway. Yeah, yeah. So being able to be willing to change colours or you know change the size of your logo or you know I mean I, I, one of my hopes is is that sponsors will kind of see the option to do it. You know, a couple of examples I can think of um, is having the logo in an unusual position or small, like you know maybe under the manufacturer's badge because. Yeah. You get so much more credit from the fans for like letting their kit breathe. So, so a couple of Interman shirts did that, didn't they? When Pirelli yeah. was sponsors, and I think it was because the owner literally didn't care where it went. But I think the Centenary shirt had a very small Pirelli under the badge, and then they had the. Oh, you know, think about the Ajax. You know, the sort of nineties Ajax with Abner Mamro. You know, yeah. going, you know, ninety degrees, going down the shirt, and you just yeah. think, and it was like often off to one side, you know, under the badge, and it, I just think that that's. That that makes me remember that brand more than you know just having it put across the front. So, yeah, hopefully there's some sponsors out there listening that you know want that credit because they'll get it. I'm no doubt. No, I think you're right. That'd be um that'd be great and and great for designers as well to put that into the mix of um what they can and can't work with when they're coming up with um such fantastic shirts. Definitely. I lived in Walthamstow for five years and um, it was very close to my heart. And, you know, as a, as a design nerd, you know, William Morris and, you know, his, his work has always, you know, really resonated. And the, the, the park that I used to go to with the kids, you know, the, the small gallery there um, of his work. And I, I kind of always had this idea of, you know, wouldn't it be great if, you know, we could put William Morris and football kids together. Yeah. Um, but but at that stage, it's like that's never going to happen. No one's going to do that. And then I got to know Mark at Wood Street Walls, who you know he he does you know the big the murals uh, sort of corporate murals, and we got to chat and it was like I've got I've got you know Morris Gallery. I've got them to agree to do something with Walthamstow. You know, do do you want to help out? So I was like, yeah, no, definitely. I kind of put together the the, the sort of. Uh, the initial sort of ideas and it was it, it started with just the home kit it's like you know we'll just we'll just do uh, one of the wallpapers and just recolor it and just have it blue and I said no no you, if we're going to do this we, we want to push it so we want to have the f- proper pattern on the away kit you, you know that's what's this is that's what's going to get this to really fly yeah so um and at that stage you know there, there wasn't a manufacturer in mind the club were kind of in between stuff so it was a case of you know you know pitching this out and um obviously then got chatting to Theo at, at Admiral you know and it just felt like the perfect blend of of storytelling that you've got this kind of classic british you know designer of you know Willie Morris and the patterns working with one of you know the oldest you know kit replica kit manufacturer in the world you know and 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 then it was sort of passed over to to Theo to to work the magic and you know get the the um the, the badges and 
obviously then a lot of work had to be done on you know trying to you know vectorize the the pattern and and get all the colors correct so you know massive credit goes to goes to him and the, the crew for you know really you know getting the drawings that you know we that we'd done into something that you know really worked and you know so pleased at how that's that's gone i wasn't able to talk about it for as i said to you off off yeah off, you know i wasn't able to talk about it until um you know all the uh, lead stuff is out so you know it's good I'm, I'm so pleased with the response to that and without getting into too much detail there'll be some more to come on on walthamster oh we like that we like a little teaser but um yeah i mean we spoke to theo as you know a couple of weeks ago Admiral, and, we, and we, it was hard for us to hide our excitement around those those particular kits uh i can't imagine how it must have felt there you know almost being being the father you know having to sit on your hands and not say anything and, and i know it's it, it's very much a teamwork sort of process but you know being being as involved as you were and having to, to sit on it I just, I, you know I- it's not, you know, it's not necessarily about me. You know, it's about the kids in the, in their yeah. own, you know, in their own right. And you know, all I want to do is bring joy. I really, honestly, you know, seeing fans and people out there, you know, just happy and you know, talking about this stuff, and therefore talking about sort of, you know, the industry I work in. You know, that's that's the the best I can, you know, hope really. I think those kits, uh, the Walthamstow ones, are very much you know the sort of the leap in the shark in terms of it's put Walthamstow on the map. It's that perfect blend between football kit culture, football and fashion because people are just going mad for it for many walks of life. Uh, it's, it's really sort of put us kit nerds on the map, I think. So thank you, Ed. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I thank you. You're welcome. I, 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 wonder, I was just thinking then. I wonder, you know, opening Pandora's box, you know, what this might lead to and whether. Um, you know, this moment might we might see some absolutely mad designs coming out because of this, and you know, will it lead to you know the bringing back of extremely traditional kits? Free to cycles, everything goes recycles, doesn't it? I'm really excited to see you know how how clubs respond to it because I know that you know the Red Star stuff still gets put in decks all over the place and proposals. Um, this Walthamstow one, I've no doubt, will end up in, you know, in a lot of club decks that say, you know, we want to go to, to be mentioned and be viral and, you know, have a, a member of parliament wear the tracksuit in parliament, which actually happened, by the way. No way, uh, I missed this. Yeah, so um, the MP for Walthamstow, Stella Creasy, before it was all out, she had uh, had a tracksuit of the the away kit, and she wore it to Parliament, and it was picked. It's in the Daily Star. It was picked up by them. Um, yeah, I think I, I want I want to say probably the first and maybe the only time that a football kit related item of clothing will be worn um, in the House of Commons. We can so. go with that. I'm not going to argue. With you. <laughs> That's so cool. That is so cool. Yeah. Random bit of marketing that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. I never thought House of Parliament would get cool, but it has. So, yeah, we covered everything today. We're in politics now as well. We've done, yeah, we've done it all. <laughs> Listen, Ed, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you and then hearing about some of those creative designs, how, how how you sort of come up with the ideas, how you got involved with it all. I think we're all very excited to see what's coming next. We've, you teased Walton Stowe, but anything else coming down the line for Acid FC? Acid FC is, a, is an agency, you know, we're, we're talking to a lot of uh, different people and, you know, it there's always hopes that we can do more of this stuff so um you know yeah call out to anyone that wants a bit of our magic you know we're we're here we're you know we're we're all football fans and we're you know we want to kind of bring bring the joy and the love to um to your club 
there is also you know very much the desire to look at how we can turn asset fc into a brand in its own right so that's kind of happening as well at the moment so you know maybe where clubs don't want to take the risks okay yeah yeah yeah. all the rules don't allow it all the rules that that you know we can we can do that ourselves um you know, it, very much with the streetwear kind of um, sort of side of things. You know, we wouldn't be going into performance on pitch stuff. You know, we leave we, we you know leave that to the um, to the technical companies, and you know, gives us that opportunity to want to still still be able to work with them because that you know that's what we'd, we'd like to do. Yeah. So yeah, lo- you know, lots going on. Yeah, all very exciting. All very exciting. Well, Ed, you are the creator of some monster football shirts i think some of the biggest hits of the last few years so thank you for joining us i really really enjoyed that you're welcome i thought that was really interesting i think hopefully tom will listen back to this episode because then he'll see whether or not lead shirts really were influenced by all the wild peacocks in Leeds but no there's it's just it's good to to hear some of the stuff that you wouldn't see especially as a neutral not a Leeds fan that went into the lead shirts in particular with you know all that, all that detail in the peacock feathers and everything and yeah is there some there's some good shirts as well really good that that belly on stuff with with red star is mad as well just to, to get a phone call from someone like that but hey he went big and it, it paid off I actually really like that third shirt. I said it at the time when it came out. I I think it's bold, it's exciting, and it reminds me of cream soda. And I love cream soda. So if anything reminds me of it, then it's a winner. Same as you, Mike. It's really fascinating to see kind of the design process behind all of them. And all of them stand out on their own, but also as a cohesive collection for, for leads. And I think they're I think they're brilliant actually. I think they're three of the best kits this season even the home shirt looks plain on first viewing but then you see the pattern kind of inside the shirt and then obviously we all like the uh the stripes being different colors with the blue yellow blue i, I think they're really striking and, and a really interesting feature as well i was literally about to call you a liar for liking that kit until you said the cream soda thing and i actually remember you saying that now as well <laughs> yeah, i did i do like it, 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 it yeah I, i've been on board with that shirt from the moment it came out so yeah i'm not a lion mike how dare you <laughs> what is really what is really cool is the way those leads kits all tie in together the way the clubs embraced the the imagery and the designs for the whole of their leisure range the whole of their warm-up range and even the whole of their um, social media presence and everything's all using those fonts and things like that so i think that's really really cool and actually when you think about it right the guys designed those red star kits and this year's Walthamstow kits i mean those probably had like two of the best sets of kits in the last five years don't you reckon the red star ones i've never disliked them but they've never been sort of like my cup of tea when with with the shirt and what i what i go for in a shirt but it's one of the few that had a lot of hype around it that i could actually see sort of like the the love for if you know what i mean because it's i mean let's face it some shirts come out and people go absolutely nuts for them and then you're scratching you think god it looks like shit why does everybody love that so much but with those you you can absolutely see why it's it's you see how much they go for as well no i haven't actually you're lucky to pick one up for like 120 quid aren't you something like that isn't happening yeah that they are still incredibly popular i'm when they first came out, I I quite liked them, but I didn't really get the hype behind them. But I think 
sometimes once you kind of understand the history of it and then the design process it can boost a little bit because i actually had the same with the walthamstow shirts when they came out i was like well it's another lower league non-league club making a fancy shirt and i didn't actually really look at it that closely it wasn't until i kind of found out about kind of the william morris um gallery like the, the thought process behind it and the actual pattern and then look back on it and i was like it's not just another garish for want of a better term publicity stunt they're genuinely nice shirts and they're a really lovely design and i think sometimes knowing the history behind it that almost makes the shirt better if that makes any sense <laughs> definitely 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 and if you like the walton so stuff then my be more on the way he um he gave us a little little hint of as well so so there we go mike that was another fun feature what else have we got coming up over the next few weeks oh i've got loads haven't we so we've still got the ghana black stars special ready to go we have got a wrexham special ready to go and we've got a couple of good little things in a pipeline for recording, uh, including one that would have already been done by the time this pod goes out, I believe, um, which is another former pro footballer, of course. I pulled out my Merlin 1999 sticker album earlier today, and uh, that guest was in it. Any more clues, or were we not allowed to say yet? We, we'll drop some teasers throughout the week, shall we, perhaps? But um, but now I'm, I'm excited for that one. I always enjoyed the ones when we talk to, talk to ex-pros who, um, who have a love for kits. I mean, that's who they're made for at the end of the day, not for not for middle-aged men like us wandering around in them. <laughs> it's true. It's depressing, but it's true. Who cares? <laughs> hey, but I'll tell you what, the lads, did anybody notice that um, on the day of this recording, we hit 18,000 followers on X? We've got to start calling it X now, haven't we, really? Not Twitter. No. Sounds wrong, though, I, doesn't I it? I can't do it. Anyway, Twitter. Yeah, we got we, we hit 18,000 followers on Twitter. <laughs> Fuck, did that happen? <laughs> That is genuinely nuts when you think we just put out stuff we think that's fun and then stuff that we like. Anybody listening should go and follow it if they don't, which would be weird that you don't follow us on Twitter, but you listen to this nonsense. <laughs> but um, but it, it it's yeah, I think it's actually well deserved. Forgery, theft, and copying is how we do it. But um, <laughs> but but there we go. But we did put a very exciting. We're not going to say tweet out anymore. Very exciting post out, Mike. Shirts that go hard. Oh, yes, we did. So basically, when we did the uh, the Bundesliga record with Tom, he very, very kindly put me in touch with a lovely guy called Max, who actually works for WSG Tyrol, who play in the Austrian Bundesliga. And Max was very, very, very kind to send us, well, I say us, he sent it to me, and I was half tempted to just keep it and quit the pod, a third shirt from a, a season or two ago that has probably the most amazing name set i've ever seen because it essentially looks like diamonds it literally sparkles under the light it shimmers it's amazing and it's a match issue shirt from the club captain valentino muller as well and he just sent us that to give away to one of our followers or listeners which i think is absolutely incredible to be honest with you unbelievable you enter in adam i'm not allowed to which is a shame can I go oh, back you, to not, not you being can a permanent member? You just can't win. <laughs> I just can't win. <laughs> can I go back to not being a permanent member? Because, um, yeah, it's a really cool shirt. And, yeah, the the, the headline is the, the glittery name and number set. It, it, it's awesome. As someone who does collect a lot of rainbow shirts, I'm a big fan of bright colours. And, yeah, this, this ticks a lot of boxes. But also the shirt itself, like, it's quite plain, but it's a lovely colour. 
You know what it is? It's a really nice colour. There's a few really, really nice touches on it. Obviously, be, with it being a match issue shirt, it's got the official league patches on. But I've got to try and find out the backstory of one of the patches because there's a really nice, very small heart-shaped patch on the opposite sleeve to the league patch. And it looks, it must be there for a reason. It doesn't look like a sponsor patch. It looks like it's there for a purpose. So I am going to go back to Max and try and find out exactly what that was for but you know yeah it is it's a lovely shirt it's a puma uh it's sort of like it's a team wear template that's been all printed up and specced up for match but it it looks really really nice it's got some nice i would say chevron patterning within the the front of the shirt as well just it looks really really good and the crazy thing is it's probably the rarest shirt we'll ever give away um and i did have a little look and they were selling them on the WSG Tyrrell website for 120 euros plus postage. So you'd get stung with fees on that one, I believe, when that came in, quite possibly anyway. So, yeah, so it's it's yeah, it's going to be a great one to give away. But that's not the only exciting news we've got either, guys. I've got something else for you as well. I'm not oh. going to say who it is yet, but the pod officially has a new sponsor. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So we're, we're, we're not going to say who it is. We're not going to say that because we've got a couple of little things that we're going to do to launch it all. So basically keep your eyes peeled on the socials for this week because we're going to be telling everybody who that is. And we're going to be doing yet another giveaway with, with our new sponsor. So we're literally just giving shit away to everybody at this rate. We are. Oh my good. It's, well, it's not our stuff we're giving away, let's be honest. But you oh, know, no, we're we, not giving anything. Yeah, I was, was going to say, like, that would be a bit mean if you invited me to be a permanent member. And then you're like, right, cool, Adam, you got anything that we can give away on the pod? Like, that, You do have a few shirts that I'd quite like, so I think we but should no give some of those away. no one can fit into my shirts because I'm a small man. I can. <laughs> you can. <laughs> Adam, I think you might be onto something, though. Maybe Tom's not actually off in a romantic weekend by a lakeside cabin with a with a burning log fire uh, and he's actually quit the pod so that he can enter this this these two giveaways i mean he is desperate for that shirt isn't he he he's, really is yeah <laughs> he's also desperate for other stuff so i do think he is actually uh with a girl it's just a desperate man <laughs> poor tom well he should be here oh, to defend himself do you know what this is why i don't take a fucking week off because i've been <laughs> dealing with this shit Oh, that was a lot of fun. That feature was a lot of fun. And um, I'll tell you what, that shirt we're giving away this week is just unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. So everybody, obviously, hopefully you do follow us on our socials already. But if you don't, Twitter, X, whatever we want to call it, Instagram, we are at They Think Kits. Give us a follow. All the details will be coming up there. But please, as well, please do share the news. Spread the pod. I'm just trying to think of something witty to say, but I've got nothing to follow up with. Well... I guess they think it's all over. <laughs> I guess it is now. That's the biggest anticlimax we've ever had, isn't it? That, is, that was a shit yeah. ending. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully uh, Tom won't be having as much of an anticlimax uh, in his romantic liaison. <laughs> he definitely would have finished earlier. <laughs> oh.